0: Welcome to Math Mutation, a podcast where we discuss fun, interesting, or just plain weird corners of mathematics that you would not have heard in school. Recording from Hillsborough, Oregon, this is Eric Seligman, your host. And now, on to the math. Math Mutation 223. Think with both your brains. One of the most basic questions in mathematics is, how do you solve problems in general? This is traditionally why students tremble at story problems. Instead of being asked to mimic well-known algorithms, as in the majority of school exercises, suddenly kids are in the situation where they're not presented a clear path to the answer. Yet problem solving is one of the most critical skills you can learn in mathematics classes, and many of us, especially those in science and engineering fields, spend a lifetime continuing to sharpen our skills in this area. Even in non-math-based professions, people often encounter dilemmas where the solution is not obvious. So I think it's worth taking a look at how to improve our problem-solving abilities in general. And surprisingly, modern neuroscience can provide us some strange methods to try when linear reasoning fails us. Probably the most famous book on problem solving is How to Solve It by the late Stanford math professor George Polya. Polya lays out a general four-step process for approaching any problem in a book full of useful examples from basic algebra and geometry. First, you need to understand the problem. What are the current information, the unknowns, the goals, and the restrictions that apply? Second, find a way to connect the data and the unknowns in order to plan your approach. If this isn't obvious, look for related problems or a smaller subset of the problem that you can solve. Third, carry out your plan, taking care to show that each step is correct. And finally, examine the solution. Is there a way to independently check the result or use it for other problems? While Polya's method is very useful, something about it seems a bit too simple. After all, if it's so easy to understand a problem, plan the solution, and carry it out, why are there so many unsolved problems out there? Why hasn't someone definitively solved each millennial problem, like the P equals NP problem we discussed back in podcast 13, and taken the million-dollar prize? I think one key is that a lot of problems require a flash of intuition or a conceptual leap that's very difficult to arrive at by linear reasoning. And that's where the neuroscience comes in. Recently, I've been reading an intriguing book by Andy Hunt called Pragmatic Thinking and Learning, which offers a number of strategies for stimulating your mind to solve problems in different ways. As you've probably heard somewhere, many modern scientists believe our brains exhibit two main modes of thought. Commonly, these are called left brain and right brain, but Hunt points out that the strict connection with brain hemispheres isn't quite right, so he suggests the terms L-mode and R-mode, with L standing for linear and R standing for rich. You can think of the two modes as being the two CPUs of a multiprocess computer system potentially working in parallel at all times. Your L-mode brain excels at analytic linear thinking and it is a primary user of methods like Polya's. Your R-mode brain is what you typically exercise in artistic or creative endeavors. R-mode, while trickier to interact with due to its nonverbal nature, can also provide intuition, synthesis, and holistic thinking. It probably won't come up with a mathematical proof, but can lead you to discover a conceptual leap you need to get past a roadblock. But how can we effectively interact with our R-mode, or stimulate its activity, in order to leverage its power? Hunt suggests a variety of basic techniques for getting a dormant R-mode more active and involved. One simple one is to try to use different senses than usual, in a way that engages your artistic side. While thinking about a problem with your L mode, do some minor creative action with your hands that exercises R mode, such as making shapes with a paper clip, doodling, or putting together Legos. In one amusing example, Hunt describes a case where a team designing a complex computer program decided to get up and role-play each of the functional units, and soon had a variety of new insights about the system. Another method Hunt suggests comes from the domain of computer science, but is likely applicable to many other fields, pair programming. The idea here is that one programmer is actually typing a computer program on the screen, inherently an L-mode activity, while the other is sitting next to him observing and making suggestions. Because the second programmer doesn't have to worry about the L-mode task of entering the precise sequence of commands, he's free to use his R-mode to take a holistic look and come up with intuitive suggestions about the overall method. A third method that can be surprisingly effective is known as image streaming. After thinking about your problem for a while, Try to close your eyes and visualize images related to it for 10 minutes or so. For each image you can think of, first try to imagine it visually, then describe out loud how it appears to all five of your senses. This one sounds a bit silly at first, and I would suggest you don't try it in an open cubicle with your coworkers watching, but can be a very powerful way to engage your R-mode. A fourth suggestion is what's called the morning pages technique. When you wake up every morning, immediately write at least three pages on whatever topic comes to mind. Don't censor what you write or try to revise and make it perfect, just let the information flow. Because it's the first thing in the morning, you're getting an unguarded brain dump, while your R-mode, dreams, and unconscious thoughts are still fresh in your mind. If you were working on a hard problem the day before, your R-mode may naturally have provided new insights during the night that you now want to capture. As Hunt summarizes, you haven't yet raised all the defenses and adapted to the limited world of reality. These ideas are just a small subset of known techniques for leveraging your lesser-used R-mode. If you want to maximize your ability to use your whole mind for problem solving, I would highly recommend you check out the book linked in the show notes. I'll be interested to hear from any of you who successfully use some of Hunt's otter-sounding techniques to solve difficult problems. On the other hand, if you think everything I've said today sounds crazy, that's probably just your L-mode brain overexercising its linear logical influence. And this has been your Math Mutation for today.